This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast as we get into day two after they tore up Augusta in day one, the weather. For day one was perfect, overcast, not a lot of wind, and the players just tore the place apart. We'll see what happens as the bad weather is supposed to come in. I just heard around 1 o'clock is what they are saying. Doesn't mean it will, but hopefully we'll see what happens. Golf Central does a great job covering it with the Golf Channel. Live from the Masters provides comprehensive coverage surrounding the Masters on the Golf Channel and Peacock this week. Live from the Masters is the only place to get post-round analysis and reaction every night with host Rich Lerner, who you started with me at the fan many, many, many moons ago. And uh, guys do a great job. Brandel Chambly and Paul McGinley and Brandel's with us now. Brandel, welcome. How are you? I'm terrific, thanks. Uh, looking forward to day number two. Hopefully they can get this one in the books. All right, day one, they tore the place up. Um, what was the biggest surprise for you in that red-hot scoring? What was the biggest surprise? Gosh, probably Rory. Uh, you know, Rory just not taking advantage of a good scoring opportunity. You know, he came in here having played so well in the match play. You know, I, I figured at the very least he'd shoot 68, 67, keep himself in it. And look, I mean, 72 doesn't sound bad. And being seven back after one round doesn't sound bad. But history tells us if you don't get off to a fast start at the Masters, you pretty much shoot yourself out of it. Going back 15 years, the eventual winner's on average, been a little bit better than fifth place. So, you know, and it's not just the numbers they shot, it's who shot them. So Kepka played amazing. Hovland, Rom, nobody's hardly ever hit a golf ball the way Rom hit it yesterday. Scheffler played amazing. Xander Shoffley played amazing. So it's just all these great players between Rory and the top of this leaderboard. Brooks Kepka is someone people got used to dominating. Then he had some injury problems. Then he went off, obviously, with the new tour. Um, so we haven't seen a lot of him lately. He played well coming into the Masters for the first time in a while, and now he's looks like the old Brooks Kepka. Uh, he's out this morning. He might catch a break this morning weather-wise. He's eight under to lead the tournament. He got out qu- uh, early this morning at 818. Uh, he's one under through uh, four holes. How about Kepka's chances? unbelievably good you know he, when he was playing his best he made golf look so easy he made it look like a video game uh everybody else would just look at him with awe he had power he had precision uh, i hadn't seen him play like this since that run he had in 2017 to 2019 and then he got injured and you know it almost looked like his life was you know pretty chaotic uh, if you watch that uh, netflix special but Whatever he needed to get back in place in his life, it seems like he has. Looks like he's healthy again. He spoke to that yesterday, and nobody hit the ball better than he did uh, with his irons yesterday. He missed, you know, look, he's come out this morning, and he's made six to ten footers at the first four holes for par mostly, one birdie at the second. But he missed loads of putts yesterday and shot 65. So 
if he keeps hitting it like that on a golf course as soft as this, everybody's in trouble. He could yeah. run away from this field. I tell you, uh, and Rom yesterday, the the uh, odd note, uh, the best round in history after opening with a double bogey, shot nine under over the rest of the uh, rest of the day, over the last 17 holes. Just an incredible performance by Rom, who just seemed, if he had a couple more holes, he would have been a couple more under. He was on fire as they finished the round yesterday. Yeah, it was, you know, look, he's, he's done a couple of things this year to sort of uh, add some juice to his game. Uh, he's got more speed. You know, he came out on tour with plenty of speed, but he's increased it. So his ball speed's up. And he's had he's had, he's become a better iron player. His iron play, at sort of to whatever degree he was being held back, I think held him back. So those two things uh, are, are at play, uh, and I think that's why he's off to such a great start this year. Uh, and what he did yesterday, yeah, he did double the first hole where he four putted. But you know, he he he's actually said uh, after his round, and we saw him after he four putted, sort of having a laugh, walking to the second tee. And, uh, you know, he said he was sort of channeling Seve Ballesteros, who famously, when asked how he made a 10, said, uh, I miss, I miss, I miss, I miss, I make. And he was, you know, sort of channeling that to his caddy, and they were laughing. And then he just walked over there and, and lit the place up. He had every single fairway yesterday, and he only missed one green. And you got to go back almost 30 years to find anybody who's had that kind of control in the round. So, uh, you know, look, the top of this leaderboard is, is unbelievable. That's why I say the chances of Rory coming back you know, they're bleak. You know, Roy's going to have to go out and shoot 64 today uh, or, you know, 65. He's going to have to go out there and just put an epically good round up on the board. Uh, a couple of things about the obligatory guys. Phil Mickelson, <clears throat> yesterday, less attention than I've ever seen him get in a round. Uh, now, he was not scoring with some of the other scorers, so it's fair. I only saw him on television once, which I don't think I've ever seen in a Mickelson round. He doesn't look like Phil. He, uh, I watched him this morning. Uh, uh, he's very thin. We know he's gaunt. He looks unhappy. Um, and he's going around almost under a cloud or in a shadow. I mean, it's like no, there's no attention being paid to Mickelson. He's two under par, so he's playing okay. How about Mickelson's week? Look, I agree with all everything you just said. You know, he did come in under the radar. He went to the champions dinner and and said that he didn't say a single word. There were people at the champions. I don't know dinner if Phil could he, do that. I didn't know he could do that. To be honest <laughs> with you, he's usually the guy who's telling you everything about everything. Uh, but apparently, he didn't say a single word. Which, you know, I think that's out of respect for Scotty Scheffler because if if Phil would have started talking, um, you know, inevitably people are going to ask him questions about what he's been doing at at Live. And he was one of the biggest recruiters for Live, and originally one of the you know first signers and first people involved in the lawsuit suing the PGA Tour. So you know part of him, I think, showing up here and being quiet, and you know of course now the, the Augusta Nationals implicated in the lawsuit. So I'm sure there are a lot of people that want to stay pretty clear of Phil Mickelson, don't want to have anything to do with him. Uh, out on the PGA Tour, and, and I would imagine at Augusta National as well. But having said that, Phil played pretty good yesterday. You know, not I mean, the scoring average yesterday was right at 72. He shot 71, so he played a little better than average. And he birdied the first hole today. He's out playing, uh, and he's he's playing all right. You know, which is which is good to see. Uh, Phil at his best, I always said, was like a gift to golf. And now what is he? He would be 53, sneaking yep. up on it, I guess, yep. somewhere in there. You know, at 53 years old, it's it's rare when 
under the best of circumstances, somebody comes to the masters and, and factors, it happens, you know, Freddie, a couple of times, Bernard Langer, a couple of times, but, uh, it, you know, I've always said, you know, even before he did it, I always thought Phil was going to be the oldest major champion ever because he never lost his, his desire to compete. And because he was so good and, you know, if everything were going his way, the masters is where he could come back and flirt with the lead because, well, institutional knowledge matters there. And, you know, he's still fantastic at scrambling and he's still got plenty of power. If anyone's been there, Brandon, you don't know it until you have been to the Masters, how hilly the course is. Uh, it doesn't show that on television. And it's a very tough course to walk uh, for people who are in good shape. Um, Tiger, you could see how much that took out of him yesterday. He didn't play terribly. I mean, he made a little rally late. But you could see how much pain he was in when he's walking on 18. I mean, that course... Four days of that, he can't handle. I mean, there's just no way with those legs. I mean, it's just, it's. I think it's too taxing. He's 47. He's clearly got a huge leg problem. Uh, it takes him a long time to get ready in, with all his antics and stretching and everything else he does. Give him great credit for it. Uh, he can still make shots, but I just think by the end of the round, he's exhausted. Agreed. You know, he what he's got to do to get ready to play. You know, apparently he's got to get up four or five hours before he plays. You know, and, and I don't know, do heat, do cold, do this, do that. And and then, you know, by the time he gets out there, you're talking about walking on the side of a hill all day long. Uh, it's from a, you know, from a past knowledge standpoint, this has got to be the best golf course in the world for the elderly. But from a, you know, just getting around it standpoint, this has got to be the worst course in the world for for Tiger. And, and it was visible yesterday. On the eighth tee, he swung as hard as he could at his tee shot. And his ball speed was 169 miles an hour. Now, that'll tell you how tired he is because his ball speed was up to 180, 81 miles an hour at uh, Genesis at Riviera earlier this year. Now, Riviera is flat as it can be. Yep. He cruised around there, made the cut, played, well, I thought, played very well, which, you know, I thought made the chances of him playing well at Augusta look pretty good. But you're right. The golf course is just too hilly. It took too much out of him, and, and it certainly showed in his play. You know, uh, we're talking with Brandon Chambly from the Golf Channel as we get ready. Day two of the Masters right now. Kepka's on the course. He's eight <laughs> under. The other two guys who are seven under, uh, Rahm and Hovland, haven't teed off yet. They play later. Um, Scheffler, to me, is an interesting guy and I, I think a great new champion. He never seems to get upset. He very rarely shows any – yesterday he showed displeasure over missing a short putt. It's very rare that he even does that. He even shows facial displeasure. He's cool, calm, and collected. He hits it a mile. He's a wonderful putter. He, he just seems like a perfect guy. How is he regarded right now as far as what he's accomplished and where he is in the sport? I think his peers have the highest respect for him. You know, I mean – He's, he's not only an incredible player, but he's a gentleman. You know, he's like he, he grew up in Dallas. His faith, that's very important to him. He, he doesn't he doesn't push it out there all the time. He doesn't throw it in your face. But it certainly is palpable uh, in the way he handles himself. You're right. He doesn't throw clubs. And is there any other game in the world that makes people angrier than golf? No. I mean, you know, right. I mean, you take the, the most sane person in the world, 
and and they can look like a complete maniac Absolutely. on the golf course because it just and drives including me. Nuts. So everyone's exactly. the same way. We all get mad it, on the golf course. Exactly, but you know he's he doesn't. You don't hear him yell profanities. And he doesn't, and doesn't throw clubs. He's a gentleman. He's absolutely 100% a gentleman. It's not to say that people who lose their mind are not. But, you know, I, I think his faith is is that important to it. Uh, and, he, you know, I think any of those outbursts, I feel like, would be inconsistent with, with his faith. Uh, Tom Lehman was much the same way. Bernard Langer, much the same way. Uh, you know, there's, Is there an you know, historical player you compare him to, like, in terms of game? Well, in terms of his game, the way he plays, he reminds me of Jack Nicklaus. To be wow, honest, wow, that's with a you. great compliment. Uh, he, uh, you know, he's got he swings very, very high with his hands. You know, he hits the ball very high. Um, he's got that fancy but, footwork. Yeah, no, the footwork obviously doesn't remind me of Jack Nicklaus. The footwork, <laughs> but he get, you know, it's Johnny. amazing that he yeah. get he has he does that so uniformly. He's got a guy. He's got it down. Yeah, you know, and and, and it, it's pretty. It's it's probably the wildest footwork we've seen, but there are loads of players in the history of this game who've had footwork like that. Loads. Uh, it's, you know, Johnny Miller had footwork like that. You go back further, Walter Hagen had it. Bobby Jones had it. Uh, you know, that they're they're jumping into the ground and jumping out of the ground. And, and you know, Jack didn't have that, and Hogan didn't have that. They they derived power from other sources. But, but in spite of that, uh, you know, you see how high his hands are at the top of the swing and how high they are at the end of the swing. And Jack's teacher, Jack Nicholas's teacher, famously told him, you got to get your hands as high as you can because trajectory wins major championships. And so if the conditions were tougher, I think Scheffler would be able to separate himself. But because the conditions are soft, you know, it's going to be harder for him to separate himself because, you know, guys can come in with lower trajectories and the ball is going to still stop. That was going to be Scheffler. my next question. If the weather yeah. turns nasty and it turns windy, who does it favor? You think Scheffler's one. Who's another? A lot of guys think Lowry's another because he plays in it all the time. Anybody else that would jump out at you? Well, yeah. If it, if it gets soft, you know, even softer than this, uh, it just kind of opens it up. It really does because all of a sudden your, your misses are just not as bad. You know, what was going to end up in the tree stays in the fairway. And what was going to roll off the green stays on the green. And so it just, just makes the golf course easier. And so, you know, you go down the list and you'll, you'll see guys like Seb Strack or Ryan Fox. You'll see, you'll see Tom Kim, Tom Kim, Tom Kim's not a long hitter at all, but you'll see, you know, you know um, you'll see all kinds of players just move up the leaderboard. The worst weather masters that I can remember was a 2003 Masters. Mike Weir, right? Mike Weir won. Yeah, the Mike first Weir day won. was a mud. I was there that year. Also, the mud was unbelievable. Uh, the first day was a wipeout, and the mud walking around on Friday was up to your knees. That's right. And and Mike Weir, who was a hell of a player then, but not a long hitter. And, and what everybody was saying that year, because the golf course had been lengthened the year before, was that nobody but a bomber could win. And anything but a bomber did win. And the same thing was true in 2007 when the weather turned crap. And Zach Johnson won. So it just opens it up. It just makes the golf course easier for everybody and harder to separate yourself. Uh, that's just the unfortunate uh, way that this tournament's going to fall, fall because of the weather. Uh, Victor Hovland goes out and, uh, and torches the place yesterday. Am I right in that? I, I know he had a lot of trouble with his wedge. He was an extremely erratic wedge player. Has he improved that much that he can score like this at Augusta now? He's improved a little bit. You know, he's still 
pretty bad. He still loses strokes to the field when he's around the grids. But the thing about Augusta National is, is that it's overseeded with rye. And rye in that second cut is very easy to chip out of. And the fact that it's wet means that if you come in a little bit steep, your club will skid through the rye. So it's got this forgiveness built into it. The only time he hit a poor chip yesterday is when he had to pitch off of the tight fairway lies where he, you know, he almost knocked it over the green at the third hole, but it caught a slope and came back to 20 feet when he was chipping from, you know, 10 feet off the green. Other than that, he hit these great pitches at 10 and 14 and a great bunker shot at 18. But those were out of the second cut when he could kind of semi flop it. And if you've got trouble chipping it, you can default to the flop because it's just an easier shot to hit. It doesn't expose your weaknesses. So, you know, as the week goes on, you know, I, and, and, and Hovland misses it, and he's got a chip off of the tight line. He'll either putt it where he can, or it'll be a white-knuckle ride. Two guys who are, uh, are names people know who are, you know, past the being the top guys now, but still around, had good days yesterday. Gay had a big day, and Adam Scott who's a past champion, I think 2013, is a past champion. He had a good day yesterday. Do you see either one of them hanging around all weekend? I do. You know, I, right now, uh, I think coming into the week, Jason Day was 35th in the world rankings, but I don't think that in any way uh, is representative of his game right now. You know, they, they keep strokes gained, which is a more accurate, I think, snapshot of the type of player that somebody is at, the, at this moment. And Jason Day's fifth in strokes gained total. And he's third in scoring average coming in here. He was my pick to win the golf tournament. He just birdied the second hole to go to six under par, and he's two back. And you picked um, him this weekday? I did. Wow, that's a heck uh, of a pick. Uh, hey, that's already an astute pick because not a lot of people even paid attention to him this week, and he's already six under. Look, he, he's, he's, he's doing it all well. Uh, you know, again, you, know, you, you, you dive into the data, and I thought, who has the least pressure on them coming in here under the radar? Uh, that certainly wasn't Rory. I was unsure about Kepka's game because it's tough to judge them when they're playing on a right. playing live tour. There's no real way to judge how right. good they are. So I wasn't I wasn't sure about that. But when I went down the list and I just thought Jason Day is the one that probably could sneak in under the radar. He may implode any minute. I don't know. But yeah, but, but it's just the data. He's, the, he's doing the data well. And Scott was, got all, Scott said it was the best <clears> first round he ever had. Yeah, Scott is. Uh, you know, he does fly under the radar because he he's such a soft-spoken, wonderful guy. You know, he doesn't call attention to himself. He, he never says anything controversial. But he's a pretty golfer uh, when he's on his game, that's for sure. I'll tell you what, it's the prettiest uh, prettiest golf swing ever. Uh, Dan Patrick once asked me, I thought it was the funniest question. You know, we were in an interview, and he said, would you rather swing like Adam Scott or look like Adam Scott? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hey, you know what? He's got both. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that, that's a good one. And he does have a pretty swing. You know, everyone always talks about Ernie Els, you know, or Freddie Couples having that perfect swing, but uh, Scott's isn't too far behind. I think Scott's the prettiest golf swing that I really maybe have. I think it's the prettiest golf swing I've ever seen. I really do. It's just so damn elegant. It really is. And it's got loads of power. It really, I wish more than anybody else on tour, I wish I could swing golf like Adam Scott. It's ridiculous. You know, this didn't get a lot of attention yesterday, Brandel, uh, and people have all these incredible, complicated master's pools that 
you know, you got to pick 20 guys out of 10 different categories. You got to do this. You got to do that. And a guy who has done very well young in his career just up and quit yesterday morning when we when he said the day before he felt great, and that's Zalatoris. All of a sudden, he's not there. He, you know, we know he'd had a bad back. He said he felt great on Wednesday. I saw the interview because uh, you know we're looking at all these categories. We have to fill all these boxes out in these contests that we play in. And the next thing you know, he wakes up Thursday morning, can't play. Yeah, he would have upset a lot of people's picks when they. Uh, yeah, he I mean, well all of a sudden Zalatoris. I'm like, where is Zalatoris? I'm looking on the thing yesterday, and I, you know, I, I get in because I played yesterday. I came in, they were underway, and I said, wait a second, where's Zalatoris? Now I look in the Masters thing and I see no Z. I said, he must have pulled out. So I went and looked, and they looked up, and they said he pulled out this morning. Yeah, I mean, you know, the his swing, you know, was was pretty funky. Uh, a lot of right side. Bar- and repetitive motion on and on and on and on. That's why I'm a that's why I'm a big believer in kids playing different sports growing up. You know, this this idea of of you know just choosing one sport and diving in and playing it nonstop while you're growing up. He's awful you young know, to I, have a bad back like that. He's awful young to have a bad back. But you see it more and more with good junior golfers. They come out and they they struggle. You know, especially if they have an exaggerated move the way Will Zalatoris does. Uh, and he tried to change his golf swing this year to to take some of the pressure off of his back. And it threw his game off a bit. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if in preparation for the Masters, he was trying to push it just a little bit more. And I don't think his back was ready for it. It's unfortunate because, I mean, you talk about a guy who had a breakout year last year. You know, just an incredible, incredible 2022. Yeah, he's a good player. I mean, very good player. And he played well at the Masters. I thought he would play well this week. And he said he was healthy because I watched him. And he, I know he'd had a tricky back lately. But then yesterday morning, so no Zalatoris, folks. If you Sounds like looking, he was in your pool. With Randall Shambley, who does a great <laughs> job on Golf Channel. And what I like about him, too, is he always tells the truth. He's honest about stuff. Um, how is the relationship really behind the scenes with the live guys and the regular guys. Is it frothy? Is it okay? Well, how, how would you describe it? Well, I don't think anybody in this field, live player or PGA Tour player, would, would you know, make a point of, of looking or pointing or having a, work, having a go at somebody. Uh, they just wouldn't do it this week. It's just not the place to do it because they're all trying to be competitive and play as good as – there's too much at stake, you know. There's, too much respect for the person. Masters in general too, right? You too know? much at stake, and right. they've got to focus on what they're doing. It's not worth – getting upset. It's not worth causing a controversy, but these things are playing out in the courts. You right. know, you've got people in this field who are involved in lawsuits against other people in this field. You got are, people are, in this field. Are you involved in one with Mickelson or no? Is that, that not true? No, no, okay. but uh, I'm, I'm certainly been subpoenaed for information gotcha. for, gotcha. for, you know, various things and, right. and, you know, uh, and other players in this field have been subpoenaed and Augusta national has been implicated. And subpoenaed, I think. Uh, so you know, but you, everyone you puts it aside this week. Yeah, they're not. It's not worth it. And there's, right. you know, the the championship should be front and center. The competition should be. Front but these and center. guys, a lot of them used to be great friends. Is there a coolness now, or do the live guys stay away from the PGA guys, or are they all mixed together? Well, I think there is a coolness between quite a few of them. You know, some of them, I, I would say, the more. I mean, Phil guys seems completely different. I mean, Phil's like he's on a different from a different planet now, right now. To be honest with you, he definitely does. But like yeah. Dustin Johnson still gets along, I think, with 
with, gotcha. You know, players. There'd be a Smith good example. Uh, you know, Kepka, I know, is a frothy guy too. He doesn't care if people like him. I understand he's one of those guys. He's you know he's tough. You know, he doesn't care if he makes friends. But Dustin Johnson would be a good example. You know, and some of the other guys yeah. who are part of it who have been friendly guys in the past. So I just wondered if you could tell there was a frothiness. You don't really see that this week. No, I don't see it at all. But you okay. know, there's there's some of them who are more in your face types that have a go at each other, but not this week. Gotcha. Gotcha. So right now, w- taking this red hot start and everything into account, would you change your pick or would you stay with day right now? Oh, if I got to, if I had to pick right now, yeah, put a gun to your head. Who would you pick right this minute? I'd stick with day. You know, okay. he's right there. He's fine. You know, I mean, after watching round one, you know, I, I would consider Kepka and I didn't really think about Kepka before because I just, I don't know. I figured he'd be rusty and I figured having one last week on live, he'd be too, too distracted. Or, Boy, know, he hit the I, ball well yesterday, didn't he? He hit the ball sweet oh, yesterday, Kepka. He really did. He, hit, he was honestly, he and Rom were so spot on yesterday. You know, Victor Hovland hit it pretty good too. But, you know, I, I, you don't see people hit a golf ball the way Rom and Kepka hit it yesterday very often. No, I tell you, they, they, it looked easy yesterday. It really did. It, nothing's that easy. And if the wind kicks up, we'll have some fun. So I don't know if the wind's going to kick up or not. But if it does, <laughs> it's, it's we'll going to kick fun. up. It's going to kick up. I mean, it, it's coming today at about 2 o'clock. And uh, this golf course will get quite a bit more difficult. Well, listen, thanks very much for a couple of minutes. Greatly appreciate it. Enjoy the week. You bet, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, you Randall bet. Shambly, always, always Golf nice Channel. To you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Randall, he does a great job. Uh, really one of the terrific golf analysts and not afraid to ruffle feathers, not afraid to tell the truth. So he does a very good job. Uh, we thank him for coming on. So right now, as we speak, uh, Kepka's through six holes this morning. He teed off early. The bad weather hasn't come in yet. He might catch a break there if Ramu tees off at 118, catches a very windy afternoon, and Kepka put up a minus 10. Right now he's minus 8. He's one under through six holes. That might be a very big advantage for Kepka. He could wind, he could wind up. Hovland tees off at 1254. Ram tees off at 118. Day is on the course right now. He's six under, one under for the day. Okay? Young, who's five under, and uh, Scheffler tees off in a couple of minutes. He could catch the good weather. He's four under. He tees off at 10. Now, the bottom line is Kepka Scheffler could catch a big break. Kepka could catch a really big break because if that starts howling this afternoon and not rain, that's not going to hurt anybody, make the course softer. But when that wind starts howling, all of a sudden the scores change dramatically. All of a sudden, you can't get the ball near the hole. And that changes things dramatically. And you could have Kepka hanging up, you know, sitting on a three- or four-stroke lead. Let's see if that happens. It could happen the way things broke this morning. But yesterday, if you weren't four-under, you lost, you lost ground. If you shot even par yesterday, you have a lot of work to do. You shot one under, you have a lot of work to do because these leaders, these top players are seven under after one round. And you know what? That's a, that's a lot of work to do. Be six strokes down after one round at this place because those guys might not come back to you. That's the thing. So that's where we are right now. Uh, if the weather turns bad, watch, uh, watch Lowry. 
Lowry doesn't catch the best either. He's playing this afternoon. So he's four under. Shoffley, I gave you, first of all, I said, I think Scheffler will be on the board without any question on Sunday. But I wouldn't bet him where he opened up at six to one. Um, I didn't know what to make of Kepka. You know, I've loved Kepka through the years. I almost bet him automatically at every major. Uh, and I'll tell you something. If he's tied after two rounds, I could bet him at the halfway point going forward. Um, he looks like the old Kepka. But I went with Lowry at 60 to 1, Shoffley and Dustin Johnson. Those were the three I thought at the odds. And right now, after one round, Lowry's four under, Shoffley's four under, and DJ was one under. Those are the guys I thought at the right price at, at 60 to 1. 24 to 1 and 28 to 1. Those were the, the guys who were the right price. I think Scheffler's going to be right there on Sunday, but he was not getting any odds. I thought Rory, as I told you yesterday, was badly overbet, but he always is. Absolutely always is. And Rom, I thought, listen, you always got to respect Rom, and he deserves to be the favorite or right there with Scheffler every tournament. Rom and Scheffler, week in and week out, are the best players in the world. Case closed. They're the two best players in the world. But they, Rahm has been a little erratic lately. He hasn't played great, but he played great yesterday. So this thing is wide open, as you would expect. And we could have, supposedly, we are going to have from 1 o'clock this afternoon through Sunday morning a crazy weather pattern in Augusta. Nasty, nasty, cold, windy, wet weather. So who struggles with that? Who gets out and plays? Who has to wait? Who has to do what? Who has to play 36 holes in a day? I don't know what's going to happen. There's anybody else. But it could be crazy by Sunday morning when they sort this out because it sounds like the next, you know, day and a half, the weather's going to be wicked in Augusta. So enjoy. And thanks to Brandel Shannon. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.